Wednesday, special edition here, 617, uh, 17 minutes after the hour here, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We just uh, just received Anastasia Nesvetilova and Ronan Palin from London, England, uh, to discuss the hidden nature of finance, uh, their current book, Sabotage. Again, it is a golden egg, folks. That's the illustration on the cover of the book. It is an empty egg. Where is the majority of the gold um, in the world? Hmm. There's various speculations, of course, of um, is there actually gold in Fort Knox? Uh, has it been removed? What, what was the deal a couple of years ago in Venezuela with the gold being shipped to Russia? Um, why is there no more gold standard? Uh, what is the future of blockchain and cryptocurrency? Um why why is the global, why are global economics sabotaged you clearly have it there they're both instructors at the city university of london um and they're clearly saying look the finance system is sabotaged there's a hidden nature of this what's what's happening what's going on so they they uh, draw on a number of illustrations throughout their book and again as uh, anastasia uh, says at the end of the episode and she just said uh, here on Discuss Your Truth moments ago that she poses a five-point program to consider of how to kind of clean and root out the system. There are deep roots of corruption uh, in American politics and in financing. And this isn't only in the United States. This is around the world. What is the deal with offshore tax havens? Uh, Ronan had mentioned the finance system in Jersey, the finance system in the Cayman Islands. He noted that at one point the Cayman Islands was the fourth uh, largest or wealthiest uh, entity on the planet. The, the, the money that flowing in through the Cayman Islands. Uh, Anastasia brought up uh, the money laundering happening, the, the trafficking, the drug trafficking going on. Uh, Miami, the, the, the cocaine industry running through this place in the 80s, uh, and the money laundering going through the banks in Miami, even to today, even to today. So what is the root here of the problem? What's getting back? Well, one thing is interesting, though. One thing to say that is interesting is that from everything that I've been able to research and read, the Bank of England, or rather the, uh, not necessarily the Bank of England, but the City of London, i.e. the Corporation of London. So this is a uh, borough. Uh, this is a neighborhood in uh, London. It's in the center of London. And what's interesting is that William the Conqueror was. It's a it's a sovereign entity. It's got its own uh, its own police force. It's its own uh, it's its own city. Uh, it is London, um, and it is a Roman. It is a Roman 
organization. Okay, what I mean by that, and you had Ronan Palin just say it here on the program, is that it's a leftover of medieval economics. It's over, it, it existed before William the Conqueror. It existed before William conquered uh, the British Isles in, in England. And he reached an agreement with it so that it didn't change, it retained its own entity. Okay, um, why? Why is it still in 2020 that it is really not part of England? Uh, not from what I understand. Uh, it just carries the name. Almost like the Federal Reserve in the United States. It's not federal. It, there's nothing about it. There's no voting. There's no open books. It's never audited. Uh, well, there might be voting within the organization, but uh, any American citizen has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. Um, and, and that's where I draw a parallel to what's happening there in uh, UK economics. Uh, I don't think any, even Ronan, Ronan said that the queen has to ask permission to enter that entity, that, in, 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 that, in that borough. Um, she doesn't control it, right? Does parliament control it? No, not that I understand. Parliament does not control it. My understanding is that it controls parliament, just like in many ways, the federal reserve controls Washington. Would you agree with that? Okay, I'm saying it because I'm fur. I have firm uh, understanding that that is a an accurate, legitimate statement. Okay, uh, well, we certainly know that Wall Street it can it controls the politics, right? Um, and you know, the super PACs and these ridiculous the corruption, the ridiculous kind of corruption in the two political parties. Um, what does that reflect? Well, it reflects your hard labor on a day-to-day -day basis. Are you being compensated the way you feel you should be? There's there's no health care in the United States, okay, outside of your own private uh, payment. That's like archaic, don't you think? Isn't it? Don't you think your government should be taking care of you at least in that regard? Any, any civilization, well... Well, let's just say the Canadian neighbor here to the north, which on many many ways is far more civilized, in my opinion. Okay, there's arguments to both. I just happen to think that's a great country. Well, they have health care. Okay, I, I just it's a personal opinion of mine. I think that Americans should have health care. So, but how do you how do you build that system that's so corrupt right now? How do you root that out? There's major. Major undertakings to, to happen here. Um, but anyway, um, we've got perhaps a much larger concern facing us um, in what is now a biological crisis globally. Um, there are reports, of course, that um, this uh, is a fairly benign um, uh, virus. Uh, let me share with you the following article. Okay. Um, this is in Miami Beach, uh, 2016. And the article was published by honeycolony.com. Miriam's joined the program four times, I believe, she's been on the show. This is our fourth year. So let's just say she usually comes on once a year. 
and she's dedicated 15 years of uh, researching the honeybee crisis, uh, colony collapse disorder. The honeybees are dying because we're using these disgusting chemicals and it's killing our honeybees. Honeybees are very important. Without honeybees, you don't have a dairy industry. You don't have cotton. Uh, that's the clothing you wear. So anyway, so um, she actually contacted me. Uh, she found me via Twitter and she asked me to, if I'd write an opinion piece for her and for Honey Colony. 2006, uh, Zika had uh, broken out in Brazil. What was it? The, the Olympics at the time? I don't recall. Um, uh, and uh, it may have been uh, the world uh, soccer. Uh, pardon me. I, I just I don't follow, follow that, so I'm not sure what it was. It was either soccer or uh, World Cup. Uh, either soccer or Olympics. One of the two, I believe. Uh, 2016. Uh, received Brazil. Okay, and somehow a passenger via an air flight had carried into Florida, and there was an outbreak in Miami and a small outbreak in San Diego. Well, I um, had a friend of mine, and he invited me to partake, if you will, of the debate regarding the pesticide. And there wasn't much question regarding Zika. It was kind of a virus that you had to be careful. You didn't get from a mosquito bite. Um, it was a pesticide locally that... And it was getting squashed by mass media, uh, but it was a pesticide that was more controversial. So, so I'm going to share with you the article uh, that I wrote for Merriam on Ant Honey Colony. Bear with me uh, with with some of the the tenses, um, but uh, but here it is. And then I'm going to spend probably ten minutes after I read this article to you because I find it incredibly uh, important. Uh, I will spend ten minutes. Uh, disgusting my view, if you will, on now uh, the global corona virus. Okay, if you're if you're not following, I am drawing a parallel here um, because we've got major change coming to this planet and coming to the human species. More importantly, to the way business is conducted. So anyway, um, at 5 a.m., the crop duster buzzed over Miami. And again, the author of this article is Ian Trottier. As I lie in bed, life dramatically changed after that. What was that smell? Why were my eyes red? Why was my chest now suddenly irritated? This is experiences that you're, yours truly here. I'm speaking. This is what I wrote. I experienced this firsthand, Miami Beach. Soon after that, I started spotting dead birds on the side of the road. A friend told me her angelfish had died. Another one in, uh, in the tank developed a strange growth. And it was literally, it's a, it, was a, it was a growth. It was, it was a, a lump on the side of the lung of one of these fish in her tank. I saw it with my own eyes, of course. I'd see the, I'd see the birds on the, on, the, on the side of the road. This pesticide was killing the, some of the wildlife, the innocent wildlife. From here on out. Planes started spraying once a week on Sundays before dawn. The incident would last about 30 minutes. The first plane took off during the early morning of Friday, September 9th. I wrote this in December. Next, we heard bees died. The local high school stayed home in protests. That's already happening right now. Not in protest, by man mandatory, by order um, in the United States. Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't know that there's one school district right now that is open. I believe they're all shut down. I may be wrong. Correct me right in. Let me know if I'm wrong. By week three, they'd extended the spraying zone. 
Breathe deep, hold on, smack. A mosquito landed on my arm one morning. Did that mean I now had Zika? The mosquito bit me. The fight that stands out in my mind flew on a Saturday to accommodate Sunday's max cycle escape to Miami Triathlon. The following day, world-class athletes performed amid toxins. That morning, I had to be up and out of the house 6.30 a.m., rushing to my car. Things just didn't smell right, and I found myself holding my breath. Outside, outside felt like a war zone. I felt like a plane was dropping a bomb, spraying a toxic gas. Now, I lived in San Francisco for eight years. All right, a little personal history. I've never shared that on my program here. And so San Francisco is notorious for having folks that have a tendency to protest and speak out if they find problems uh, with their local government administration. There was nothing I could do about it, however. I was weaponless. This is Miami Beach. We were told that the waiting at least an hour ensued. It would be safe to go inside. Insured, sorry. So you wait an hour. Uh, outside. You wait an hour inside, and then you go outside. Okay, so you're confined to your home because they sprayed this thing. You can't go outside. You can't smell it. Well, I I had to be somewhere, so I held my breath, and I went to my car. I can't help it. My eyes were watering. I was red. It was. Th- this was the controversy, folks. Why why spray this thing? Okay, how how serious was Zika? Right? How serious was it? The, the spray, uh, I'll read on. To find out more, I decided to attend a city council meeting in Miami Beach. Before the meeting, warnings about Zika seemed real. The way local and national media was describing it, I, like others, were scared to death by its threat. Not literally, I'm still at Twitter, Facebook, mainstream news. Every time I turned on the television or radio, local government agencies were telling us to reconsider travel, procreation, and to apply poisonous deeds. I mean, not even using protection. Sorry for the graphic. And then I learned that Nalid, the poison... They spray over us to supposedly protect us from Zika was far worse than the virus that is Zika. And then there was also Duet, another pesticide being sprayed. South Beach continued uh, to get a healthy dose of those chemicals. I frequently hear the Clark pesticide truck spray at 2 a.m. The rodeo continued to stage. I took video footage. Of course I did. I knew that these pesticides were Toxins. Okay, the Environmental Protection Agency (EPA) and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention (CDC) claim that Nalid does not pose a health risk to either people or pets when sprayed in low concentrations. But many others, including the European Union, disagree. The EU has banned agricultural use of products containing Nalid of any dose. And of course, this wasn't a uh, agricultural use of the product, but nonetheless. Important to note, according to Mike Adams of Health Ranger, however you feel about Mike, I think he does some good stuff. Deed in conjunction with a spray like Nalik combined to form a hypertoxic chemical compound, quote, a biological chemical weapon, presumably murdering white blood cell counts. For instance, this article shows, you can click the link, and see, this is, again, this is a honey colony, a colony. You can type the short link in bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Capital Z-I-K-A, all capitals, Miami Beach, capital M-M-B, if that makes sense to you. Zika, Miami Beach, you'll probably get uh, this article. Okay, the article shows how the pesticide chemical triphenylton weakens the immune system by reducing the tumor-killing ability of natural killer cells by 50 to 60%. DEET and NAILIT are considered to be far more toxic. The bureaucracy I witnessed blew my fuse. So that was in the city hall. For the first time in my life, I felt like the government was objectively trying to harm its people. 
Hmm. Unfortunately, it took a plane to douse me with poison to make me wake up to what was going on. Not entirely entirely accurate because I had woken up, if you will, prior to that because I witnessed 300 citizens in that town hall meeting screaming to get their government to stop the pesticide. The local uh, mayor and his, his people refused to listen and they continued spraying it. Well, that's that's not democracy. That's not democracy. We just got done talking about sabotage with Anastasia Nesvitalova and Ronan Palin, the hidden nature of finance, and how a system can better serve and provide for its people, whereas your labors day-to-day, how do you get those labors to give you a better life? Okay, without being sabotaged and destroyed. And it all starts with your banks. Well, our banks destroy us. Of course they do. Um, All right. Continuing. Following the meeting, I proclaimed to CBS reporter Michelle Gillen that that members of the Miami Beach City Commission were a bunch of puppets. That was a direct quote from me. I called them puppets, absolutely, Philip Levine. I estimate that there were about 350 people in that chamber. 300 more were against Nalid. Yet the commission bowed and kissed the feet of Miami-Dade Deputy Mayor Alina Hudak, who stated Nalid needed to be used. And they also kissed the feet of Rick Scott, if you will, and the CDC. Rick Scott was the governor of uh, Florida at the time. Before Hudak's testimony, I think he might be a senator now. Before Hudak's testimony, it seemed the commission was strongly considering a one-week moratorium to suspend spring. But when Hudak stood... And spoke. Their demeanor changed, and it was as if her words were their command. Puppeteering. She responded directly to critics in the audience while emphasizing that the decision to spray Nailed was made after consultation with the state agricultural officials and CDC. I don't make decisions based on Google searches, she said, in response to the outcries. Rather than just blindly trusting the CDC, let's look at the insecticide fact sheet. Nailed which has been registered for use in the U.S. since 1959, again found on Google, and is sold under the brand name Dibrom, is an organophosphate, a group of insecticides or nerve agents acting on the enzyme acetylchlorinesterase. I could see strings being pulled, and not only from the county level, but coming from Tallahassee Scott Capital Partners. What's that? Well, it's the hedge fund owned by Florida Governor Rick Scott then. Florida governor. For instance, they own a mosquito control services company as well as a pharmaceutical company. Was it possible that Rick Scott was cashing in from selling Miami-Dade this pesticide? Possible. There was no RFP. Nothing was shown that there was any type of, uh, of contracts taken. Um, to make it a level playing field. Okay, Art Basel. Interesting. We just talked about Basel, Switzerland, didn't we? The IMF just passed through Miami. An additional 100,000 people on South Beach. I wanted to hire a banner carrying a plane to inform everyone there that they were being poisoned because they were. They were. Americans were walking completely blind, as they are today with the coronavirus. Shortly after the sparings, a hurricane hit. And again, this is all Google searches. It just depends on how deep, deep you dig on Google. Now, you want to get into some, you want to get into classified information, you got to go either into dark web or you got to hack into military databases, which I will have nothing to do with. But I 
base all of this information, and I base my show, now in its fourth year, strictly on, primarily, Google searches, and inviting other people onto the program like Anastasia and Ronan. And that list is far more extensive, of course. You can find that at iantrotje.com. All right, let's get back to the article. According to the CDC, the chemical dichlorovos can be created when nailed degrades. It also breaks down quickly. So what about the sea turtles along the shore? The city of Miami Beach is a nesting habitat to three federally protected species. The findings published at Miami Can, I'm not sure if that website's still up, so you can just come to me if you have any questions, and partner site, Stott Spraying, I'm sure that's down, are completely debunked. Again, this article was written four years ago by mainstream claims, including the very important following statement. The CDC has concluded that Zika does not... Excuse, excuse me, pardon me. The CDC has concluded that Zika does cause microcephaly. There is still a lot that we don't know, but there's no longer any doubt, CDC Director Tom Frieden, MD. Okay, that might be accurate, Tom, and, 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 and I'm sure it is. However, here's the problem. The pesticide that Miami-Dade used also caused microcephaly. That's a fact out of a study out of Sweden. What do you mean? There's no longer any doubt, Tom. Microcephaly was traced to a monkey in Uganda 69 years ago and has been considered a benign virus up until now. But the CDC is an astute government organization that can be trusted. Right, Tom? Stop spraying shows zero correlation between Zika and microcephaly. Okay, so I may have just contradicted my previous statement, but apparently, per that research in 2016, there was no direct correlation between microcephaly, Zika and microcephaly. And in fact, I uh, rescind my previous comment because there actually is no direct link between Zika and microcephaly. Hmm. Tom, where are you getting your information? Oh, right. Yeah, no, mine's from Google. Meanwhile, if someone gives birth to a microcephaly baby, you would need to consider circumstances that would potentially damage the brain growth period were it pesticides? Was it a combination of exposures? In fact, pesticides have been shown to damage or weaken the immune system. The science of how chemicals affect the immune system is called immunotoxicology. For example, if repeated pesticide exposures weakened a person's immune system, they would not be able to deal with Zika. A healthy immune system could deal with the virus, mm, a la coronavirus. Aside from the crap that NASA is emitting into our atmosphere to try to combat uh climate change or was it global warming are the two interchangeable pardon me i I don't recall okay pun or or a little bit of fun there mainstream media won't tell you that typically twenty-five thousand microcephaly babies are born in the united states annually comparing the rate of microcephaly in the united states to brazil the u.s rate is 40 times higher and our babies here didn't get it from zika so from what according to cdc they get it from exposure to harmful substances such as alcohol certain drugs or toxic chemicals toxic chemicals and insecticides like chlorpyrifos thanks for the pronunciation there uh, not to mention flu vaccines did i just say flu vaccines i certainly absolutely did and i think the state of california now has mandatory vaccinations for its public school systems and and and, and hey you can walk into a walgreens in most parts of the united states that i've been in and they'll gladly give you a free flu vaccination well uh, look nobody likes to flow but will that strain that they're injecting in you combat the flu that you might be exposed to that year? 
The great importance is a study showing that the flu vaccine Tdap, tetanus, diphtheria, pertussis, also plays a role in the development of microcephaly. Tdap contains aluminum salts, which are known to cause birth defects, according to a 1982 study by Alberto Rotondo. Women in Brazil were timely and mandatorily given the Tdap vaccination in 2014. Microcephaly broke out a year later. Incidentally, the human brain grows at 4,000 cells per second, beginning the fourth week of pregnancy. Meanwhile, this Oslo study, click on the link. Again, Zika Miami Beach, bit.ly dot Zika Miami Beach, or just go to Honey Colony and type my name in. That's Ian Trotch, A-I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-R. Anyway, also study shows Nalid directly causes microcephaly. I will repeat, Nalid directly causes microcephaly. Other known name for Nalid is Dibrum. That is an uh, organophosphate uh, uh, pesticide used for mosquitoes. Again, Nalid directly causes microcephaly in developing child with basically zero immune system. Yes, those would have catastrophic effects on that young baby. I conversed with Dr. Laura Rodriguez, a professor of infectious disease and epidemiology at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. In an email, Laura stated to me, microcephaly could have existed before the epidemic, caused by a range of other factors from genetics to infections and radiation and toxic exposures. Thank you, Laura. These are the very immunotoxic elements of the environment I speak of, the accumulative effects and interactions of the chemicals we get exposed to. Nailed plus DEET plus DUET equaled very sick for a lot of people in Miami in 2016, the fall of. In our environment, fear over immunotoxicology is of concern. We can say with accuracy that if trends of being exposed to toxins continue at present pace, half the population, for instance, will have diabetes and asthma in 35 years. And we just talked about the diabetic epidemic last week with Gifford Jones, Dr. W. Gifford Jones out of Toronto. He's 96, folks, 96, and he is preaching, in a sense, natural remedies. Vitamin C, he says, high doses intravenously would knock out any virus, and that includes the coronavirus. Okay, back to it. These numbers that I just mentioned are unsustainable financially, okay? Not to mention the dramatic loss in quality of life, writes Richard Pressinger. Go to his website, chem-talks, T-O-X. The Swedish study shows alarming cancer trends over the past 80 years and strongly suggests it's because, pardon me, environmental exposures. We're looking back at cancer rates in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. There are only a fraction of what is occurring today. Perhaps, not coincidentally, the CDC rarely gives cancer rates far for before 1970. Why is that? The CDC's refraining from giving cancer rates before 1970s? Maybe because there simply weren't many to report? Hmm, what's the difference? What's the difference in the environment we've created for ourselves and allowed others to create for us? If they did... People would be panicking. Then there's the dumbing down effect. According to David Bellinger of the Harvard Medical School, Americans have lost 16.9 million IQ points due to exposure to organophosphates, i.e. Nalid or Dalen as an example, and loss of another 24.1 million due to lead and mercury exposure. Once these chemicals enter the bloodstream, regardless of age, damage occurs. Chemicals like Nalid, like Nalid negatively affect the brain's ability to complete, expand, act on, develop, and process thoughts. That is any 
immune system level and any age. Damaging the acetylchlorestinase in your brain begins to have problems completing functions. Prohibiting ACHE function by exposure to nailate and other chemicals like organophosphates or carbamates can cause onset of diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and seizures, according to the European Bioinformatics Institute, an international, innovative, and interdisciplinary organization specializing in data in the life sciences. And then there's the question of money. Sickness is lucrative, isn't it? Of course, according to Science Daily, exposure to chemicals commonly found in things like plastic bottles, detergents, toys, cosmetics, pesticides, total to about a $340 billion dollar industry and annual healthcare cost. So let's get back to Miami. The caffeine drink you're hustling is more dangerous than nailed Hank Campbell, resident of the American Council on Science and Health, replied to me in an email when I expressed my concerns about nailed. What? The energy drink I like is more toxic than an insecticide known to deform children's brains? Rep explosion, as it was, the drink was uh, referring to, contains high levels of caffeine, branched chain amino acids, multivitamins, multivitamins, mm, along with artificial flavoring and controversial dyes. If I have to choose, I'll go with something that helps me crush my reps, that's the motto of rep explosion, over permanent neurological symptoms. After the city council meeting, I wanted to form a peaceful human protest. And this is the part that will blow your mind, perhaps. And I'm hoping it does. Because our rights are being taken away, folks. Due process becoming nil. And certainly is nil at the moment with the Stafford Act enactment by Trump. Uh, no habeas corpus. Okay, Your civil rights are being thrown completely out the window as I speak because of the coronavirus. So anyway, let's get back to this proposed staged protest on public land at the Kendall Tamiani Executive Airport. I expressed that with an attorney, and she advised me. Mm-hmm. I've revealed the agenda anyway. Whoever, a former Jaguar, by the way. Whoever is thinking of protesting will likely be arrested immediately in charge of the felony. They might even tag on a charge of terrorism. Now, I don't know where she got that from, but when I had talked to her, and I knew her very well for a few days, uh, very, very well. Um, and I don't know who she had mentioned about to about me organizing a public protest on public land. Uh, but that was the word that she got. So whoever said that, uh, my jaw dropped. Yeah, absolutely, my jaw jaw dropped. Okay, right. I mean, I hope yours would have too. Now that's a quick two step and real smooth trumpet. Did she just say terrorist? My family arrived in. Quebec. To Quebec from France in 1960. They arrived in San Francisco in the 1890s. Uh, and uh, I have family that built much of the West in states like uh, Wyoming, Idaho, uh, Utah. I, I just do. Uh, uh, my great great-grandfather uh, built cities. Uh, uh, he happens to be uh, he happens to be someone who had multiple wives. Okay, that's that is a part of my uh, history. Um, but with that, uh, uh, from my mother's side, I'm also related to Alexander Hamilton. Okay, that is my middle name. Uh, I, I'm certainly no terrorist here. Okay, certainly no terrorist. Um, but uh, but that was what I was told 
that I could be considered uh, or uh, tagged as one if I were to organize a uh, protest on public land against the spraying of the pesticide. So, some days ago, this is again, back to the article, an NPR reporter, uh, Micheline Ducleff, I think out of UC Berkeley on Twitter, uh, yes, holds a PhD from Cal Berkeley in chemistry, sent her, uh, I sent her two studies, one on Nailin, one on Deet, both uh, uh, on the website, uh, not, uh, again, I haven't visited, but uh, likely at chemtalks, not sure. Um, thanks, Ian. Uh, that one study is on guinea, pig, guinea pigs. Is there any evidence on people? So I sent her another study on human beings that clearly showed pesticides causing a reduction in the head, cir head circumference. Keep in mind that pesticide in the study are far less toxic than what was being sprayed in Miami. That's when she refused to talk to me. The clash of opposites. So let's get the, the, the theological here. The clash of opposites makes for progress. If you can control opposites, you dominate the nature of the outcome. That's from Anthony Sutton, former Stanford Hoover fellow. Petroleum drives global economy. We know that. It's a fact. Cars and planes. Nail it is a petroleum product. Hmm, interesting. Chevron introduced it in 1915, or 19, 1956. Pardon me. It's currently manufactured by American Vanguard Chemical, AMVAC, out of Los Angeles, basically a Dutch bank. Incidentally, this chemical pesticide has been banned by the European Union. Meanwhile, proxifen, one of the main chemicals in the Brazilian government uh, using against mosquitoes, is a Sumitomo product owned by Dowent, which is also a Chevron company. Sumitomo is also a subsidiary of the company Monsanto, which is now merged as of 2016 with Bayer. Oh, and Zika, first patented by the Rockefellers. Over in Brazil, the vaccine Tdap used in pregnancy and the larvicides, Priproxifen, had been tied to public reports of Zika and microcephaly, according to the New England Complex Systems and Institute. Priproxifen's quote, structure mimics the role, this is interesting, of juvenile hormone, which has been shown to correspond in mammals to a number of molecules, including retinoic acid. Retinoic acid during development has been shown to cause microcephaly. In Pernab excuse me, Pernambuco, no, no, pardon me. Pernambuco, Brazil, for example, priproxifen was used, was sprayed, used, uh, yet also added to the drinking water. It was here that microcephaly became epidemic. Did I just say drinking water? Yes, it controlled the air you breathe and water you drink. Do you now see your hands being tied, folks? Anthony Sutton paints a nice picture for you. Sums it up. Easy. Hegelian philosophy. Controlling opposites. Dominate the nature of the outcome. The Nailed stopped for now. This is 2016, December 18th. But the duet continued. And I've got to find a new coastline to serve. Eh, too bad. Congress recently passed a $1.1 billion uh, uh, law to fund the epidemic. Meanwhile, Stop Spraying uh, is raising funds on air national television commercial for Super Bowl. Uh, LI, I'm not sure what that was. Uh, was that 21? Uh, no. Uh, sorry, I don't have my Roman numerals right here at the moment. Uh, and so I ask you to join the, join the effort. Um summed up here folks from that article led to anthony sutton right stanford hoover to yale university of course skull and bones a legitimate society folks yes the bushes were involved yes the rockefeller rockefellers were involved yes there's ties to the Federal Reserve. Of course we know that. Yes, that leads to the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. Yes, those policies 
dictate in many ways what happens on Wall Street as it dictates international affairs for the United States. So then you have to dig deeper and say, hey, wait a second. The United States is in a multi-trillion dollar debt. Was it 23, 26 at the moment? There has been one president, one, in the history of this country that has left office in a surplus. Every other one in a debt. That would be one Andrew Jackson. Is that alarming to you? I hope it. I hope it is sounding a, an alarm for you. Because it is absolutely disgusting in many ways. And in many senses. Okay, um, January 18th, 1835. President Andrew Jackson paid off the entire national debt. The only time in U.S. history that the hat, hat, that has been accomplished. So... Has the American economy been long hijacked? Long sabotaged? What language are we speaking at the moment? Well, I'm speaking English. The majority of people in this country do as well. The constitutions were written in English. Most of the laws are written, at least initially, in English. Um, hmm. Is there a link to England and the financial system from England? Is there a link? I don't know. George Washington owned shares of the Bank of England during the American Revolution. I'm going to repeat that. George Washington owned shares. S-H-A-R-E-S. Shares of the Bank of England during the American Revolution. Now, I just told you that the Bank of England is a former, well, is a current, but is it's a Roman Empire construct. It's a sovereign entity. It's not part of England. There's nothing English about it, really. Uh, right. Yes. Why would George Washington, the first American president, own shares in the Bank of England? Why? You have any idea? What, wouldn't that be an enemy for him? Good question. Somebody call it Hegelian dialectic. Controlling opposites to control the nature of the outcome. So, what is happening today? Uh, 2005, George Bush said, the Constitution is just a bleep piece of paper. By invoking, I'm going to repeat, the Stafford Act, Trump has now activated a societal rule that bypasses habeas corpus, due process, and civil liberties. This now gives way to FEMA rule, and if you are locked in your house and can't go anywhere except for an emergency, you should be slightly concerned about your security. Okay, You should be slightly concerned about your security. So, 10 minutes or so regarding thoughts on the coronavirus. Zero Hedge, banned by Twitter for... Um, disclosing uh, disclosing what they had found in regards to research. Um, let me try to pull this up uh, quickly to share it with you. Um, yes, it was one Zhao Peng, Z-H-O-U Peng, PhD student, Wuhan University, uh, Wuhan Institute, excuse me, Wuhan, in Wuhan Institute, uh, Institute of Virology, 
Um, and uh, the team lead to bat virus infection and immunity. immunity. Uh, research on SARS, Ebola, MERS, um, and other infectious diseases. A year prior to the outbreak of the coronavirus in uh, Wuhan, uh, there were uh, military exercises being conducted internationally. International military exercising being conducted in Wuhan. Uh, is the coronavirus, was it, is it a cover-up? Was it leaked? Uh, intentionally? Unintentionally? Did it get through security somehow? Uh, is it really from uh, the, what, what's the one report that it's from a, a farmer's market? Uh, is it naturally occurring? I, I tell you this much. Zika, yes, was naturally occurring. But it had been discovered in the 1940s, I believe, in the Uganda forest in Africa. And who funded that research? The Rockefellers. Who also owns, currently to today, ATCC, you can look it up, uh, they currently own the patent on the extraction of the Zika virus. Zika virus was discovered uh, 80 years ago in Africa, yet four years ago it had a stint of becoming uh, a, a pandemic. Sure, it's a real, real virus, but who did it really threaten? People with a weak immune system, especially a developing child, a fetus. Uh, that's where is catastrophic. Is that possibly the same thing going on with the coronavirus? Is the coronavirus simply uh, simply a leak to create a scare tactic? Are there parallels between narratives of the 9-11 uh, 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 unfolding uh, and the coronavirus? Okay, what we do know... What we do know is that you don't have any more rights. They've been thrown out. There's a national, there's an international global emergency. Okay. And you now rely on your government and international governments to tell you how you can live your life. What makes them any more of an authority than you. Aren't we all human beings? No, no human being owns the planet. Okay, We're all products of it. So there's a flaw in the system. The market is spiraling out of control, Wall Street. What's the onset here economically for the United States? Will it fall into a deeper depression? In 1929, what, what's going to be the outcome here economically? Will the economic impact be far scarier than the biological threat known as coronavirus? Okay. Um, just some thoughts, folks. Some thoughts for you to consider. Um, is this a possible scenario? Mandatory vaccinations. Okay. We just had on program Bill Blunden last week. Rootkit Arsenal is the name of one of his books. 
He talks about cyber war. He talks about your rights being complete. This is what's happening, folks. You are simply becoming a cog in a wheel that turns to make other people incredibly wealthy. And there is an effort to implement a system of mass surveillance. Let me give you an example. Last week, Bill Blunton, again, talks about cyber war. In China, if you turn your cell phone off, red flag goes up. You become monitored. Why did you turn your cell phone off? If you can somehow implement a tracking device, right? They're already out there. Some people already have them. Chips, microchips. Pets get implanted. You lose your dog. You can follow your dog. Forget where it is. You can turn your phone on. You can track your phone. You put a chip in you. Then you can be monitored anywhere, anytime, anyhow. At least somebody can monitor you. Now, if you believe in God, in whatever version of God you do believe in, many people believe in God, and some narrative might say that God is always watching you. Do you want another human being to always watch you, or do you just want God to watch you? Or do you care? Do you want your government to always watch you? This is, from everything I've been able to research and find, this is something called the New World Order. It is drastically unfolding before our eyes. Right now, March 18th, 2020, the world is changing, and it appears that it will be changing incredibly dramatically. Write in, give me your thoughts, iantrache.com. This is the fourth year I'm doing this, discussion to truth. Share the program, pass it on, donate, buy a shirt, book coming out next month, Trine Day, Freedom Reserved, No More Lies. And folks, for your doubleheader, until next week, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard, be awesome.